episode of the best and the worst days of our lives. Today I am with Jolie. She is our guest today and we're here with Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe. school social worker. <laughs> yes and today we're going to be talking about friendships um, which is a, I feel like a huge part of high school. It's where people will start making friends, where people end friendships mostly where everyone, I guess, just starts to experience conflict within them. So we're just going to be talking about the whole process of that. So what do you feel about, how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, well, friendships are one of those things that's not only something you deal with when you're in high school. I mean, it begins when you're tiny, when mm-hmm. you're a little kid, and your parents take you on play dates, and it extends all the way through adulthood. Um, these significant relationships are the things that really kind of give life meaning and value and purpose is feeling connected to other people, right? That's what we want to want to feel accepted and connected and loved and that stuff's important. <laughs> it is. So I think just personally, high school is whenever people start to find themselves. I mean, some people do it in middle school, but I feel like high school is probably the main place that that happens. So I guess I feel people start to make friends. You know, they find people who they relate to. And I feel like that process could be talked about or maybe how to make friends in general simply because it's kind of hard for some people. It's a tough task. (laughs) Yeah, the, the task of making friends, right? If you don't already have people that you're connected with, that's challenging. Oh, so yeah. How do you navigate that if you're not connected? What's that been like for you? Have you, either of you, have you had any experiences of having to make new friends as you've entered into your high school career? Um, I have. I moved here from Colorado uh, halfway through the year last year. And so coming here, I didn't know anybody. And making friends, at first it was kind of difficult because I was worried about everybody's opinions of me. But the more like I started talking to people, the more I realized that like all you really have to do is be yourself. And I mean, those who really want you around are gonna, you know, keep you around. And I mean, making friends definitely isn't easy, but it gets easier as time goes on. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally I had a consistent group of friends for a while. Well, it's not really a group. I kind of switch between them fairly often, and. Um, I don't, I've made one or two, I guess, friends, but other than that, I've been just pretty laid back and staying under the radar, <laughs> sticking with people who I've been around, like, since middle school. It's just easier that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's nice when you're connected to a group of people, right? Like oh, yeah. If, when you think about entering into a, a group setting, a big group setting, what do we all just kind of naturally do? What's the first thing that you do? The first thing that I do, um, I tend to find someone I know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. um, <laughs> you start scanning, right? Yep. Yeah. Is there someone I know? Even if I don't know them that well, I'll you know, make an attempt to talk to them in that group setting. So. Yeah. And why do you think we do that? Because that's you, me, Jolie, all of us. We do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's more of like a comfort thing like you know like when you gravitate towards people that you've talked to before that you know you in a big group setting especially you feel more comfortable being there and it makes like going and talking to other people like less nerve-wracking yeah yeah so when you think of assemblies in the gym as you're walking in if you're not with someone that you know you're looking 
right? Yeah. Where's, yep. my, where's my yep. <laughs> Where can I go and get, get in where I fit in? Yeah. Um, another part of those assemblies is it always feels like they're looking at you whenever you're walking in for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know, just a little bit there. Kind of awkward. It's probably everyone in there sitting by themselves looking for their friends, trying to like get their attention, so they're scanning every person that comes in. But it feels like yeah. all <laughs> And then for another topic I guess we have is the conflicts between friends mm. is like, I guess, whenever you guys start fighting over something stupid maybe (laughs) or maybe it is something serious but I think those conflicts could be healthy in terms for building a stronger relationship to like I guess how would I word this arguing and then coming back to prove that you guys are you know building that strong relationship and that things won't separate you things that small won't separate you I don't know I think that's just kind of cool how some can be healthy but other than that, what do you think? Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. Um, conflict can actually strengthen relationships if it doesn't tear them apart, right? If we can have conflict and we can disagree and come back and repair that, that, that actually, so that conflict, you think of it as like a tiny rupture in the relationship. And whenever you come back and repair it, it's actually stronger um, after you've had that rupture and like, oh, well, we can have challenge and adversity and still be connected and still be friends on the other end of this and then you're able to face bigger obstacles um, as you go forward so yeah conflicts absolutely can be good but it can also be very detrimental to a relationship have you guys had any experience with that of like losing or heard of friends who have gotten into a major conflict and they kind of went their separate ways yeah, I mean, I know of a lot of people, and I, I've been in these situations, too, where you get in a fight and no person is willing to admit that they're mm-hmm. sorry or that they were wrong, and then you just never kind of talk again. So sometimes people's egos get in the way, and I think that conflict definitely can be healthy because it will also, in a sense, like weed out those relationships that weren't actually, like, you know, like real and I mean, if it doesn't make it stronger, then that just goes to show you who your real friends are in a sense. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've been in a situation where we've had one conflict and it just kept getting worse and worse as the year would go on. We'd apologize and it would just progressively get worse, mm. which it was always kind of weird to me because I was in middle school. I didn't really understand what was going on. It was just kind of weird how we kept making these like making up problems for ourselves to the point where we just kind of went our separate ways and now like we both apologize to each other and now we can kind of be in the same room without feeling awkward it's i think it's just also a form of maturing uh you know finding yourself cuz in middle school you're kind of awkward <laughs> honestly <laughs> let's, so let's check out the time. You're, you're completely awkward <laughs> everyone is. oh yeah so it's just something like that. I feel it's just part of maturing and finding yourself. I think those conflicts help you. So. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes we can have um, disagreements. We can come back and repair it. But then if maybe other issues or a similar issue keeps coming up, then it's hard to repair it because it's like, hey, I thought you were going to stop doing this, right? What, what's happening? Why? And so then we learn that we can't really rely on or. Um, trust this other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Which is always such a sad realization, um, especially if you've been friends for a long time. But I feel it's important. You don't want to keep someone around that you don't trust. That's just common sense. So I think it, in a sense, even if it doesn't feel good for a while, um, it's still good for you. So Yeah, and I, I think I'd love to hear kind of what each of you, like, how do you build and like cultivate that trust in a relationship what does that look like how do you know when you can trust someone Hmm. um i mean i think it starts off like you know you kind of build it from like the ground up so like you start by i mean for me personally it's a if i get like a good vibe from you but like you start i mean i start and i'll tell them something and use that as like a like a kind of like a test and i hate saying that because i feel like that's not the right word but like if they can't like keep that between the two of us then obviously i can't trust you Mm -hmm. and i just kind of build off of that and go from there yeah yeah so it's and and i say you you say you don't like using that word no i don't like using the word test because it makes me sound like and i want to think of it like this for you it's more of a protective mechanism yeah right it's not that it's just i don't know i don't want to get hurt and so i'm going to be cautious in what i share with you um, to make sure that I'm safe, right? We all want to be safe. We all want to feel safe. And you know, just saying something big and risky the first time we meet someone may not be the wisest thing. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, trust just builds over time. There's nothing that, I guess, specifically makes me feel like I can trust them. It's definitely just a time thing. Mm-hmm. How long I've known them, how much I've told them, mm-hmm. and how much they've told me. If I tell them things and they don't tell me anything... I think that's just a bad sign Mm -hmm. that show that they don't trust you. And trust, you know, it's mutual. (laughs) You can't just trust one person and not the other. It's not how that works. Yes, yeah, it's absolutely, it needs to be mutual. And I think there are like kind of ebbs and flows, ebb and flows, however you would say that, in relationships to where there's times when one person needs to maybe give a little more and maybe they're just experiencing some hard things and um, the other person kind of needs to be that solid base for them to to land on that safe place and then we want that to be reciprocated at some point right Mm -hmm. we want to be able to rely on them and to know that hey they can be there for me whenever I'm in a low place oh yeah those um like, I guess just trust in general. This is very... I, how do I word this? It's always so weird when I have it in my head and I can't say it out loud. <laughs> um, but this, I guess just trust in general, should. it's always going to be mutual. Um, you always got to be that... You, for each other, you got to be those pillars. You got to be those platforms. Got to be the shoulder they can cry on. Um, and you also don't want to give them more to worry about mm-hmm. when they're going through those things mm-hmm. you got to be sure to ask like hey can i rant to you could i tell you something big or is this not a good time because maybe they don't have the willpower right now to carry that around too making sure that you can talk to the other person and double checking with them making sure they're in the right headspace is always a great idea <laughs> yeah yeah you're absolutely right and and i know like in you know marriage relationships are similar to friendships because it's just kind of a friendship with a higher level of commitment Mm -hmm. and so like in my relationship with my wife one of the things that we learned several years ago that she shared with me is 
when she's experiencing something that's hard um, and she comes to me with it, my tendency is, hey, I want to fix this for you, right? I want to make it better because I don't like to see you hurting. So what can I do to fix this? But that's not always what's needed, right? Sometimes we just need to listen. Mm-hmm. We just need to be able to be there and to listen and to offer comfort and just a safe space for them to share whatever it is that they're going through, right? And so whenever she shared that with me, it really did help our relationship a lot because I would ask, okay, is this something you want me to fix or do you just want me to listen? <laughs> and, and, and that changed things a lot. It didn't completely change things, but it did help us be able to communicate better, which enhanced the quality of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Those things having those conversations are always good it makes you feel so good afterwards and the conversation itself is usually pretty rewarding so i don't know those conversations are always a good thing to bring up yeah yeah and what what happens whenever those things go south like we try to have these conversations these or we have this tension conflict and relationship and we go our separate ways how, how do you navigate that what is that what do you feel what do you experience when you lose a relationship Well, for me personally, it's kind of, whenever it first happens, I kind of don't react to it. It's almost like, I almost pretend like it didn't happen. And then as time goes on, it affects me. But I think the longer I, like, deny it, the worse it gets. So, in, like, I guess trying to say this um, in a short way, if I deny the fact that a relationship has ended or a friendship has ended, I will, like, hang on to it. And at one point, it'll be rudely interrupted and realize, like, yeah, we aren't friends anymore. And that's whenever I hit the lowest part. Yeah, yeah. And you said you don't really try to feel that, right? You try to... And and I would imagine that feeling that you're trying to not feel is probably a pretty deep sadness. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe some disappointment in yourself if there's something that you did to contribute to it. Mm -hmm. And and some sadness and maybe even some fear mixing. Like, what if I never had a relationship like this again? Like, this this was the best it was going to be, and I just lost that. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And so it makes sense that someone would want to not feel those intense feelings, right? Mm -hmm. But then we need to feel those feelings to be able to kind of (laughs) heal. To move on. To move on, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Joey? You've lost friendships in a different way by moving. And you probably have some similar experiences. But what about from the moving aspect, making a big Um, move like that? Well, it was one of those things where before I left, we were all like, no, we'll keep in touch. We'll we'll stay close. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a little while we did. We talked. We'd FaceTime a couple nights a week, you know, like check in. And then over time, life just kind of got in the way. And, you know, we, we didn't necessarily lose contact, but we definitely didn't reach out as much. And... I mean, it definitely like hurt, but it wasn't. It wasn't like a like a when you lose a friendship, like you get in a fight, and then that same day you just quit talking. It was a over time kind of like, oh, I'm losing this person, and I know I'm losing this person, but I also understand that with this type of distance between this person, I can't necessarily keep this, and so it's like a accepting that it's going to end, and then you just kind of let it go. And there's no hard feelings, there's no anything, you know, you still will check in with them sometimes, but um, it definitely still hurts. Uh, But, I mean, I still have a couple of friends that I talk to, but, I mean, losing friends moving, as terrible as this sounds, I would rather lose friends that way than 
you know, like getting in a fight and then just never speaking again. Um, and I, I let myself feel that when I lost those friends because it wasn't something that I could just bottle up and then, you know, one day just be like, oh, I lost this person. It was a mm-hmm. gradual thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a, you know, interesting contrast there because it, it, it is different and it feels yeah. different. You can actually, you have time to process and it wasn't necessarily anything that went wrong between you guys. It no. was just distance. Yeah. It was, nobody did anything wrong. And sometimes that makes it harder because mm-hmm. you're like, well, nobody did anything wrong. So, like, sucks. why is it ending? Yeah. But then again, when you have over a thousand miles between this person, a phone can only do so much. Yeah. And, and so, for that type of situation, there's kind of like a, just a natural healing process that happens. Oh, yeah. And your experience has been you've been able to replace some of those, maybe not replace, but, yeah. um, you know, add in new friends. How about that? Not replace, yeah. add in new friends. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you've been able to do that, which has probably helped you heal, but I wonder what it would have been like if you didn't make new friends moving yeah. here. I think for, because before I started school here, I moved in September of last year. I didn't start school here until January. I did online school, and so within a month of moving, I had already started losing those people, and it was just like a, an overwhelming like feeling of like loneliness. Mm-hmm. Like I felt very isolated, and it it definitely sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I definitely like reminded myself that it's not the end of the world. That once I start here, I'm going to meet people. I'm going to make new friends, and it's all going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, and and so for you. Um, one, I just appreciate you sharing, you know, like talking about that hard time yeah. in your life. And then, but two, like you had good experiences in the past with friends. So you had kind of a history of, hey, I've been able to make friends and keep friends. And so you had some hope coming into this, like, oh, I can make friends again. Yeah. You know, whereas maybe some people that didn't, you know, maybe they had a big move. They didn't have good friendships before they moved. They may kind of stay in that lonely scary place of what if I never make friends again yeah yeah so it's and it's crazy just how every person's situation is totally unique to you know to their experiences and some of the the kind of um, protective factors that they have or resilience that they have to help them kind of push through and to keep a sense of hope right and so as we kind of wrap up, because we're kind of near the end, I want to talk quickly. So you kind of had a natural healing process. What about for, for you, Lily, and like repair or, you know, kind of healing from some of those past, those hurts from other relationships? It was definitely a lot of nights I spent kind of wondering what went wrong. It was more of like, um, what did we do that caused all these fights? Mm-hmm. What did we do that influenced us to not want to talk anymore? It was a lot of those. And after a while, I kind of just came to terms with it without ever fully understanding it. And, like, even after our friendship ended, we were still holding a lot of, not really hatred, but, I guess, I don't... Bitterness? Bitterness, yeah, yeah, that's a good word. A lot of bitterness towards each other. Um, We would say things that we didn't really mean, and one of us would get to hear it, and that would just keep the chain going. And eventually, I kind of realized that I needed to stop. Mm-hmm. I stopped, and sometimes I even still heard the things they said about me, but I thought that maybe if I had just, you know, t- I was being the bigger person, because that was just like my mom always told me to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, be the better per- person in this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. I wanted 
to show her that I was maturing and I was not going to start talking about them like that because that would just show my character. Mm-hmm. That would just show what I like, who I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that. So after a while, like they stopped and they even apologized to me for it and I apologized to them because like why would we want to keep all that bitterness in there? Yeah. Why would we want to keep fighting? Yeah. So in the end, I think the healing process was just me realizing that we were different people in middle school, mm-hmm. that everyone changes in high school, not like we mature, that's how that works. Yeah. So, And I think that was just how I ended up healing, was just the realization that we're different people now, middle school was two years ago, who cares? Yeah, but like you said, an important part of that was we got to stop firing at each other, right? The mm-hmm. war doesn't end until someone stops shooting. Yep. Right, until when we're all shooting, you know, it's back and forth, and it can get ugly. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've been a part of like messiness and maybe seeing by you know maybe violence, but um, conflict in relationships that gets pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've been a part of that. Yeah. So thank you both for sharing. Yes, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, Julie. And I hope today is one of the best and not one of the worst days of your life. Thank you for listening.